Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. I don't know how to describe it other than like, like a demon type of sound. But it's silhouetted, hulking, every bit of five and a half feet wide, 13 to 14 foot tall, pitch black. The one thing that ran through my mind when I had this encounter was I don't have a big enough gun. Your host, two-time witness and field researcher for more than 40 years, William Jevning. Welcome to Creek Devil. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Bigfoot, America's Creek Devil. Um, we've had to... I've had to re-upload a number of videos, older ones from the past shows. YouTube sent me messages saying that they, there was problem with them. So when you see those posted on Mondays, that's what those are. And last Monday we had Carol in Missouri and she's been on the show a couple of times. So a number of people have asked, uh, for updates from Carol and, and, you know, ask about her well-being and everything. So Carol's with us today and, um, she's got some older things that she remembered that happened and some current stuff that's going on. So, Tom, I know you want to make an announcement first. Yeah, absolutely. I want to thank everybody again for joining us and your patience while we uh, uh, fix and update the uh, YouTube videos. And again, if you like the show, we love to hear about it. You guys are very important. Uh, if you're on YouTube, just click the like and subscribe if you haven't done so already. And if you want to help us out, it's uh, very, very much appreciated. On the YouTube channel, the, in the description, we have a link to Patreon. And for as little as a dollar a month, you can support the channel. But today we've got Carol, and she has some amazing updates that we don't want to miss. So that right. said, I'm going to hand it off. Thanks, Tom. Uh, quickly before we start, though, I want to mention for new listeners, if you're new to the channel, we have a multiple or a number of shows that post throughout the week uh like i said on mondays right now we're doing these these older interviews that had to be fixed so and and most of those are very good interviews tuesdays we have campfire talk that's where we our panel sits around and we just kind of discuss whatever sort of behind the scenes uh discussions that we have then on wednesday we have the bigfoot and history shows and the history is very important to this topic because you can see patterns that happened years ago sometimes a century ago to the things that are currently happening. And then on uh, Thursdays, we have the Q&A. So having said all that, um, Carol, tell us what's going on in your area. I know there's been lots of stuff that has happened and, of course, current stuff going on. Well, hi. It's nice to be here. It's nice to be invited. And I appreciate everybody's thoughts and prayers. And I really appreciate it. I want to let you know that as of last year in August, my brother and I actually uh, won my mother's house. Um, we we took it to, to court and we got her little house because I needed a place to live that would hopefully 
prevent me from having Bigfoot <laughs> looking in my windows and slapping the house and all of this stuff. <laughs> so I am much better off. I'm about four miles away because it, when if you were to drive from uh, this little town out to my property that I formerly was on, the, the five acres, it'd be about five miles because you've got to gr- drive around. No matter what direction you go, you've got to drive around someone's farm <laughs> to get there. Uh, I, I found out these things like to pay visits and I'm shocked to say that they haven't forgotten me and they, I guess, were curious. Uh, I say they, because I have no idea if it's different ones that, that are doing this, but at least one, they seem to know where my mom moved when my mom moved out. Um, but I'll back up and say my mom and I shared property on five acres and it had woods all the way around the piece of property, um, except across the front. And we had a mobile home close to the road on the front on a gravel road. And, uh, so we got Western light that way, but, uh, basically, our woods connects to other expanses of woods and the things could just go many, many miles. One time my mom observed they could go all the way to Clinton from here in the woods and, you know, stay hidden. It'd be easy for them to do. And I can see that. It makes sense. They've got everything they want right there. Apparently they've got cover. They've got water because I had a pond uh, they've got cattails to eat and every kind of uh, tree with every kind of nut. We had a few fruit trees, past tense. They broke those down trying to get the fruit. Um, they've eaten everything in sight. Um, used to be that property just was full of, you could walk along and see woodcock nests and uh, squirrels galore. And you go out there now and there's nothing there but weeds and them basically um i did sell my property um that was part of the move i sold it to my poor nephew i tried to tell my nephew before when he asked about the property before he had never been out there and i told him i said there are some things that you need to know about and they're really big things that you need to know about he's always lived in the in the city um, I know that where he lives is kind of rural, but I don't know if he's ever had this kind of thing to contend with. He kind of laughs. I don't think he really believes that they're real. He won't come out. You know, he's respectful about it, but he won't come right out and tell me I'm I'm cuckoo or whatever. But um, for right now, he's just making plans for the property and uh, – I'm praying that he doesn't do what he said. He he said at one point that he thought he would fix the mobile home up and he would move his mother there. Well, his mother, I don't think she could stand it out there either. She, I mean, she'd die if she got a tick on her, I think. She's a, I love her to death, but I don't think she can, I don't think she's the one to live out there <laughs> like like we did. I don't think that that's going to work out either. Um, 
In fact, I would fear for her safety because um, I have a neighbor out there that still is out there that was knocked to the ground out by her uh, garden area one night. And none of us really had very much lighting there. She did have a, a little pole light, but this was in the daytime. She got knocked down um, next to the neighbor fencing, and this would be right right across from my front door. Um, I didn't see it happen, but I did, I did visit her when she got home after the ordeal. Uh, she said something enormous. And it knocked her down from behind, and she was attacked. Um, I think I had mentioned this to Will before, but she, she about lost her life. Uh, she confided to me that the thing that she saw had kind of a pointed head. It had no muzzle sticking out, so it wasn't a dog. It wasn't um, anything she could recognize. It wasn't a bear. Um she said whatever this was just seemed to effortlessly drop her to the ground from behind. And um, right there where that happened at, there are not any trees. It's just very tall grass. She was growing blue stem for one of the neighbors that wanted to uh, make hay of it, you know. And I had seen the male uh, Bigfoot out there in that grass before. And to see one do that, creep along in the grass, I, I think that's, I think I've heard that's where the name grass man comes from. But um, here in Missouri, they're supposed to be called momos, uh, Missouri, short for Missouri monster. But uh, I had seen this thing one time um, a few years before that, where I opened the front door very quietly to look out to see what kind of wildlife I could see. Because, you know, we had bobcats and foxes and it, I thought it was really nice. I, I enjoyed it. Uh, so I opened the door slowly one morning, and there was the back of this thing, black, uh, just above the heads of the of the of the uh, blue stem. And uh, you know, it looked like an enormous hairy spider crawling. And I'm talking enormous, not not like not like you normally see a spider size. This looked like something out of your nightmares. You know, as as long as, as big and long as a bed crawling through the grass. <laughs> so I, um, I had told my mother that um, I had had enough and that we needed to move. And she agreed to that. So in 2017, she got um, a little house and uh, not too far away. And uh, I was trying to clear out the accumulation that, we had there and trying to put the place on the market and get rid of it uh, all the while uh, torn up inside because I wondered who was going to get that property and, and if they had kids that it wouldn't be safe. And um, uh, the things at the property had begun over the 20 years that we lived there that it didn't take very long when we first moved there to realize that something was really off and uh, it didn't take long to first we began hearing the house at night and um, we had heard them when uh, we were camping in South Missouri when I was a kid. We had heard those same kind of house and we saw one in camp. It just came right out 
um, into our camp, into our firelight uh, one night when my mom and I were there alone. And uh, so we had seen this before. We had seen that kind of thing before. Um, I had fixed dinner for mom one night before we finally got things together enough for my mother to move. I I wanted her out of there because they had begun to attack her. The only thing I can figure is they were trying to get her lunch because she always carried her lunch on the left left arm and she would carry her purse on the right. And she had things that she had to take to work with her. And so uh, she would go out the door and she had to leave to get, to Kansas City, she had to leave uh, between 3 and 4 in the morning in order to make the drive to get there for work. And her being up in years, um, I would try to get up and be at the door. And on the mornings that I was at the door and uh, trying, to, trying to make the trip light light for her so she could get to the car, nothing would happen. But then on mornings that she let me sleep or I didn't wake up, Something would hit her from behind and knock her winding, and it would knock her so hard that it would knock her through the skirting on the trailer. She broke both uh, rotator cuffs in a series of being knocked down like that. And I asked her at the time, I said, are you tripping? How is this? Because you're always falling off to the right. She said, well, something's hitting me from the left, and she couldn't figure it out. Uh, It was very cunning very smooth she didn't hear much of anything happen you know she it's not like she heard feet running up on her or anything and so as I said when I was there in the mornings to see her off nothing happened one morning she uh, had her lunch and was carrying that and this time she felt something snatch it off of her arm and shove her down and um, I heard her cry that woke me up and uh, I came outside and found her there like that. It's a pitiful, pitiful thing to know that, you know, you can't even go to your car in the morning, um, that you're a target. And it had us both really, really terrified. Uh, I later found her uh, nylon bag that she carried her lunch in. and had, It had zippers on it. And something was not able to work the zippers Something you would you would think if this were a homeless person or something that they would just unzip the bag and get into the bag and get the food, but instead this had been literally torn apart at the seams and um, shredded it and had eaten all the food inside and uh, I found what was left of the wrappings of her food. Uh, the next thing that happened that really scared me. It was my turn to get a good scare then. Um, I got shoved down in my garden one day. I had my face down close to the soil and I was digging something up, trying to expand my flower bed out front and uh, something hit me from behind. Uh, Something came from the east and hit me, but it wasn't um, a big rock or a club or anything like that, thank goodness. But something came up and put it felt like a hand or a foot would feel uh, across my backside and just plain pile drive drove me into the garden. I was sunk in the garden up to my shoulders in the worked soil in my garden. Uh, I heard kind of a 
laughing cry from the distance in the trees. I just had no idea what it would be except one of them because naturally I got got up, got the mud out of my mouth and looked around and there wasn't a soul around. I mean, no matter where someone parked, I could have seen them. It wasn't like I was in the, you know, out in the total wasteland in the wilderness. It wasn't like that. If someone would have been around there, I would have seen a car from from either direction. Never did see a car. Uh, never did trace down what was happening to mom, except something wanted her lunch. Um, she worked, started working right, right before the very end, before she retired, and she was well past retirement age um, when she did retire. Uh, she would come home sometimes after working double shift. She would leave at between 3 and 4 in the morning, and she wouldn't get home till after 9 at night by the time she made the long drive. And she, she loved her job. Um, I had supper ready for her, and she got there, and I, I ushered her in, went out, you know, went out with a flashlight to get her and brought her inside. And uh, I told her, I said, supper's ready. I've been holding it, and uh, I've already eaten. Go ahead and eat. And uh, so she got in her head that I had to take the trash out right then. And I had peeled cantaloupe and so forth, and I tied it up with a knot. And I told her no. I said, I'm not taking the trash out right now. But she was insistent that she was going to do it. If I didn't, she was going to do it. And I said, well, you know, I take compost, add up, add to the compost, which was one of my, uh, now that now that I think about it, it's one of my aside things to say to you is I was putting food into a compost pile and something was coming at night and taking everything out that was edible. And it was more than just raccoons and possums. It uh, was leaving huge handprints. I mean, it looked like Shaquille O'Neal had been digging through my compost and, you know, uh, the size of the handprints and so forth. So um, we had a major problem, and I didn't know how to get out of it. I didn't know how to, how to stop it, and I didn't know what to do because um, these things are very vocal and showed their showed their anger when we had the trash a dumpster removed. Um, my mom was bringing mom food from uh, the trashes of two churches when they had dinners and so forth, or cleaned up the refrigerator. It, there was a lot of food waste there at times, not not every time, but a lot of times, yes. And, you know, just like any animal that I n- ever heard of, they're attracted, even if there's really not, no, nothing much there to eat, just chicken bones and and watermelon, watermelon rinds or something, that's going to attract an animal to see if there is much there to eat. It's still going to smell like food. So she was bringing that trash home for a few years and putting it in our dumpster, and our dumpster didn't have any lid on it, which wouldn't have been a problem if it had had a lid. Nothing seemed to stop them. I could put um, concrete blocks, pile blocks up on my trash cans and around them, and I tried to build things to keep something out, and it was no problem at all for them to just lift the whole frame off of it and give it a toss to the side and then get in the trash can. So we still had the dumpster at this time. Um, Back to our struggling over who was going to take the trash out. I told her, I said, I had some 
empty canned goods and I took some canned goods that were way out of date and I had those in the trash and I had them tied up. And so I won the argument over who was going to go out that night and put the trash outside. And uh, I sure didn't want her doing it. And so I told her to stand at the door and flip the light for me so that I could see. But, you know, the dumpster being far enough away from the mobile home uh, south of there on the, uh, near the property line, um, it's at least 20, 20 feet, 20 to 30 feet, depending on where they dropped it when they emptied it. But they had emptied it. It was empty. So I took my trash and got to the road, and there was a little moonlight, and with gravel being whitish, I could see the road. So I walked down to it, and I thought, I'll get this done, and I'll give it a pitch, and I'm, I didn't really want to get close to the dumpster. And we had a stand of uh, tall weeds. We had uh, like nine-foot-tall cane, and I hadn't been able to cut it down because of the thickness of the of the stalks because these stalks were like the handle of a baseball bat. They were pretty thick. And so I didn't know that something was standing in there, uh, next, right next to the dumpster. So I came up on my side of the dumpster from the West and this thing was standing up at it, uh, maybe even touching the dumpster on the more Eastern side of the dumpster. So when I came up, I got freaked out. Um, I've mentioned before that I don't know if researchers get this sense, but I've gotten this kind of sense that when I, you know, I don't even have to be thinking about them. Um, I either smell them or I sense. I feel like I'm watched or something. I got pretty good at telling when they were around. Not, Not always, but. I mean, it's not foolproof, but there's just something about me. My hackles go up, and I um, sense that they're around. And whether I can prove it or not, I usually got myself to a safe uh, a safe position when I felt like that. Um, had smelled one earlier in the day, and um, that that had my senses going in the first place. Well. I got to the dumpster and I threw it underhand because it was quite, it was small, but it was quite heavy. So I threw it underhand, it went up in the air and it came down, boom, it hit the wall of the dumpster and the dumpster being empty is empty. is just like a big, sounded like a big bell. And when that boom noise happened uh, from the dumpster, I heard this thing let out a startled gasp. And I mean, it was close enough to me just being on the other side of the dumpster that if it had really wanted me, I suppose it it would have had me. Uh, Thank God it turned and it ran down the property and I could see it in the moonlight. It it was um, every bit of between eight and nine feet tall, which I think I know which one it was because the one I call, I call Mo, not out of love, but out of uh, describing which one it was that I saw. I started calling them by different names, kind of, kind of flaky, I know, but it, it kind of helped me keep track of which one and maybe how many. I was trying to find out how many there were. Um, I had gotten up to four, uh, four names. When when this thing got startled, it bolted, and I could hear its feet 
is running on two feet, definitely, and uh, shook the earth. Uh, like the biggest uh, uh, farm animal I've ever heard in my life, or maybe something you would see in a zoo taking off at a run. Uh, boom, 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 boom. When it came to the fence back there, the fence has got wisteria. It's all overgrown. It's a six-foot fence, and it's got wisteria grown on it, and then it's got uh, other uh, plantings in front of it. Um, it had lilacs and Rosa Sharon. It just jumped and cleared that. I mean, it just sailed right over it. It has knees bent. It just sailed right over that. And then it was, I heard it land in the far pasture behind all of that vegetation and it was gone. Well, I turned and briskly walked myself back up to the mobile home and came inside. And uh, mom saw my expression and she said, what happened to you? And I said, you, you don't know. And she said, did you see something? And I said, yes. And she said, well, what? And I said, Mom, you know what lives here. You know what lives here, honey. And she said, well, you should have let me take it, take the trash out. And to her, it was just an issue of who took it out. I wasn't about to let her go out there because these things seemed to have it in for her. I mean, they threw sticks at her when she mowed, and they're, they're good. They hit their mark. And I just I didn't want to be out there. God knew I didn't want to be out there alone, but somebody had to clear this place out so we could get our things that really mattered and try to sell it as is and get out of there. That was, that was the final straw for me because the thing, one of them soon after that came into the home with us the night that I was sleeping on the floor and we were sharing a fan that freaked both of us out. Um, the idea that it would come in the home. And then I've got one other thing, if you want to know, that I will tell you about. Sure. The last time I stayed out there. Okay, thank you. The last time I stayed out there, this really got me. This really got me. Um, I, I got a ride. Um, I'm disabled and I don't drive. I got a ride from a friend and I asked him to take me back out there because I was trying to move my things and the government gave me only so many days to move my things and I don't drive, I don't drive. So I was trying to get as much as I could get together. So when someone picked me up, you know, I would ask them beforehand, can I bring some uh, bags of items? I've got, uh, you know, household items, whatever that I needed at the other house. And, um, as I said, it was a, a period of time before we finished probate uh, she died in November of 2020, and we didn't get her house until um, August of uh, 22. And so I, I had, uh, I'd had one really bad experience where um, I felt like, um, you know, I had to, I had to walk it. I couldn't get a ride, and my electricity was down. It's not that the bill wasn't paid; it's that my electricity was uh, shot. Um, these things and probably other animals had gotten underneath my trailer and had torn all the insulation out and uh, had torn the electrical uh, cable out from underneath my mobile home. And I didn't have a way to charge my phone. I didn't have a, sometimes I had to be real stingy with it. I had battery operated radio and stuff, but for my phone, um, 
I got one of those little portable battery operated things. I charge it when I was at mom's house working and then I would take it with me and I, I managed to not have my phone charged and, uh, I had gotten dropped off out there and, um, Fortunately, I didn't have to walk it because it's a very, very long walk, especially when you're walking alone and your daylight's giving out on you and you know that you've got to try to get there and get in before it gets dark. I'm not afraid of the dark, but I'm afraid of what lurks in the dark. Um, So uh, I was out there and I, I had worked myself into a tizzy, you know, how much stuff there is to do when you move. And I was still trying to get things for my mother um, that that my mother had had and trying to get things that really mattered to her family, family things. And I decided I got my cot out and uh, I changed up bedrooms. Uh, they knew that I somehow they knew that I slept in the end bedroom on the south end and they'd give me a hard time. So I moved to the other small bedroom, the smallest bedroom, three bedroom mobile home. So I got my radio going because I. I didn't want to think about them. I just wanted to relax. And I got my radio going. I had a battery-operated fan, and they're pretty cool. I got to tell you, they're pretty good. <laughs> if you, if it's hot, you've got to have something. It's better than nothing. And I went to bed in the cot, and long about three o'clock in the morning, I could hear uh, this thing outside. But I had no idea how how big it was, and uh, I had turned the radio down and had fallen asleep with it barely running. And um, I kind of congested, and I snorted through my nose and woke myself up. And apparently, the thing outside heard the snort as well, and it was... Uh, the bedroom I had was uh, the one I had taken. It wasn't on the very end. It was toward the middle of the house uh, next to the front door and uh, divided by a living room wall. So you walked into the trailer right into a, a vaulted ceiling living room, and then there was a little bedroom on the right of it, and that's the one that I decided to take because, honestly, I thought that if I were in there and something were able to get the door open that I could get in uh, through a closet into the furnace cubby hole. And I thought maybe that I could, (laughs) I don't know what I was thinking. When something is that powerful, what do you think? I had gone to bed um, knowing that I had the two doors lashed together with chains. Um, I took uh, the outer door, which, you know, swung outward, the glass storm door, and I took the inner door, which wasn't all that much because on a mobile home, it's just, it's vinyl. It's toothpicks and vinyl, basically. And I had had my door completely knocked off the hinges a few times. Didn't see that happen, but the, you know, nothing in the home was taken, but the door was knocked off the hinges. You can hit those doors hard enough that they'll just bow. They're, they're vinyl, and they're, they'll just flex. And I figured it hit the door hard enough that it just flexed it right off the hinges. So someone had come and helped me put uh, uh, metal brackets on the corners of the doors on both sides, and we had the door back up. I had the two doors lashed together. You couldn't pull, you couldn't pull the storm door out, and you couldn't hopefully push the inner door in. So uh, 
After I snorted, I heard the thing outside uh, to the east of the trailer, outside of the living room window, which I had, I had the window cracked open. It was hot. Man, was it hot, hotter than tamales in there. And um, I heard it, it took off, and I heard each step. It went uh, about seven steps, pound, 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 and it was already to the end, south end of the trailer, four steps, and it was already that far. It would take me many, many steps to get from the living room window to the end of the trailer. So pound, 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 and there it was on the door. And it roared, and it grabbed the door, and it shook the door. The whole wall of the trailer uh, shook with it. And I was wondering, is this old trailer enough? Is it going to hold? Is it determined to get me? Is it determined to get me, or is it curious about what's inside? What is it? And uh, I tell you what, that scared me so bad. It did go away, but it it shook the door. it shook the door. It let me know that it it knew where I was coming and going at. It could either smell me or something. And I I told my mom I said, "Oh, honey, you cannot live out here. You cannot. We cannot continue this sort of thing." Between those two things that happened, one happened. The one about it standing next to the dumpster happened before she looked at the house. And the other one happened after she had passed. And both times I had told my family, I told anyone that would listen, please, told my cousins, please, dear God, something's got to give. I told the people with Social Security what I was having to live with, knowing that they probably thought I was crazy. And they would just say, you're not suicidal, are you? And I used to think, Dear God, dear God, something's going to happen to me. I had one person at Social Security in Sedalia, the the chief mucky muck over there. I won't say his name. But he talked to me about it. He said, do you think it's a bear? And I said, no, I don't think it's a bear. I don't think a bear in its right mind would live on my property. Uh, It's as big as a bear. And he just said, well, you know, be quiet and don't say anything about this. And I thought, dear God, he's asking me to stay here and risk my life. Um, This is because I knew what happened to the neighbor. And I had seen her body after this happened to her. Something was eating her intestines. Something had her down and was eating her intestines, just split her open with ease and was eating her intestines. It was a clean mark. It was a clean, this wasn't done with teeth. I'd seen that and I'd heard stories about the woman that lived there before and that she would just plain disappeared. And the old people that I got to know at church, they all knew her and they said, we don't know what happened to her. She just disappeared. She had been telling different ones at church that were her age that there was something getting her chickens and getting her goats and all of that sort of stuff. So, Um, as far, as far as her family, she had a son that I don't know what, what all happened there, but I believe she did live there alone the whole time she lived there. Anyway, um, I'm not very far away because I, my mom wanted to be close and convenient. She knew the, she knew the little town. She felt comfortable putting around in her car in town and um 
it made it easier trying to move and all of that. If, uh, you know, at the very last, she had dementia, and she left me out there for two weeks one time. My phone wouldn't. My phone wouldn't take a charge. The lights wouldn't come on at night. Uh, I had friends bring me battery-operated lanterns and things like this to be able to stay out there, but I didn't have any refrigeration. My pipes were burst. I was in a mess. I was eating cold spaghettios out of a can. So I appreciate everyone that that heard my story that prayed for me because I'm still here to tell the story. Well, I tell you, I tell you the truth though. I thought that they would have forgotten about me by now. Those creatures. I thought, thank God, I'm in a safer place, and they've forgotten about me. That they have checked on me or whatever it is they're doing. I don't know what they're getting out of this. I'd really like to hear what you all think about this because I'm not feeding them. I don't have any compost. I don't compost anymore. Uh, I'm in town sandwiched between houses. I've got a flow of traffic right in front of the house, and it's not my imagination. They come into the yard uh, when the pecans are are uh, dropping off the trees. They come, I say they. It's probably just one because I find tracks for one when it happens. But uh, they're emboldened to enter a, a human um, construct. That is the thing that really scares me because twice now something has gotten into my garage. I don't, it, the door, they never had doors on this garage. It was kind of like a glorified shed. In fact, you really probably couldn't find a car with a low enough uh, clearance to drive inside that building. So my mom just put everything she couldn't bear to, to throw away that really needed to be. At one time, I was putting bags of clothing there so we could bring bedding and clothing into the house and and wash it, you know. But she got very sick at the last, and we didn't get to do – she had to go to a nursing home. We didn't get to do the things that we intended to do. But I brought her potted plants and yard ornaments and the whole thing. She would come and get me, and I would load some things up in the car, and we'd take them back to the house. And – you talk about being worn out and beside myself because when I realized they were coming into town, that that town being in town didn't stop them. You talk about being freaked out. I felt like I could move to the other side of the moon and they'd find me. Now I'm being facetious, obviously, but I, I thought, how far do I have to go to get away from these things? They were coming into the yard at first and they were peeing on the car, on my mom's car. They pee on the, uh, they're, they're tall enough. They can pee right on your uh, window glass uh, on either side of the car, on the driver's and passenger's side. They pee on the glass, and it would run down into the door and seep in a little bit and then run down uh, across the door handles on both sides. They would pee on it, and they would mark it. And the only thing we could figure out about that is that it smelled like our hands. It had our scent on it at all times. You know, obviously, we're using the car. Um, so it was peeing on the car, whether the car was out there with, uh, with me in the country or the car was parked in Mom's driveway at night. It would, it would get peed on from time to time. They came in the yard, and they got uh, maple buds. They would 
pull uh, maple branches off very high, higher than somebody would. Why would somebody get a, a, a stepladder out here in the dark and get up into the tree, you know, 11 feet off the ground or so and pull branches? The buds would be stripped off of the branches. They would look like they were clipped off with a nail clipper or something, and then the branch itself would be devoid of buds. These kind of things have still continued to go on. Uh, They've been here four times this year already that I know of. And um, I'm using the bleach. In fact, I'm misusing the bleach. I got frightened and I sprayed the house with bleach. Um, I've got uh, the people that live behind me have installed lights. Something was getting into their trash and I, I know what it was one night at least because I saw it with my own eyes. I saw it crouched up against their house is yellow. It's hard to miss. This thing was crouched up against their house next to their patio. They'd had a barbecue and they just kind of, the kids just kind of throw the drop and throw the bones uh, around, you know, instead of hitting the trash can, they just kind of throw it over their shoulder when they eat kids, you know, this thing was on its hands and knees next to their porch out back, which faces my back deck and I could see it it was raining it seems like they come when the weather is uh, very overcast and it's dark and there's not much moonlight they come during storms Um, the times that they have been here that it's been no doubt that they were here they've come during storms like I said they've entered the garage twice I say they it's probably one I really doubt that the females are coming into town it it seems to be the work of either the main male that I was aware of or the one that I, I say it's his son. It's more the color of the mother. It's not black like he is. It's uh, auburn brown like the mother. Well, the one, the female that I saw was as big as a tank, and she was the color of a Jersey cow. Her hair was that color. And the the two progeny that I have seen, the male is, well, both of them are grown. They're grown now, but when they were small, when I first began to see the little female, she was quite small. I saw her when she was, I got to thinking about it, that was the year I had to have surgery. So that was 2007 is when I first saw her. And I saw her from the knees down standing next to the mother. I looked out the window and uh, saw them standing there, but the the upper part of the window was covered. You know, I only knowing they're out there, I only had the very bottom of the window open um, to get a little bit of air flow through through my bedroom. Um, what I saw out there looked like just like a child's legs. Uh, I saw her from the mid thigh down, the adult. I just saw the lower portion of the leg. That's how much disparity there was in size. The little one was standing there facing the trailer, and so was the adult, the, which the, the color that it was, that's the female. They were, they were watching my window, my bedroom window. And this was by daytime, so I, w- I had a good, a good look at them. Uh, I don't, don't know what else I can go into, but I'm... I'm telling you, I, I know it, I know that I still sound like I'm scared to death. There are times that I'm scared to death, but it doesn't keep me out of my yard. I, I, um, 
I like to go out in the yard and, and garden and keep up mom's flower pots and grow a, a few things to eat here and there, tomato in a pot or whatever like that. But um, I've noticed that my neighbors on the um, south side of me have put up all new lights. They've got string lights all the way across their um, front of their home. Like I said, the ones at the back there where I actually saw one, they keep a dumpster all the time, and I think that's part of the draw. Um, there's a, they do put food refuse in it, um, and, you know, their, their kitchen waste. Um, there's a little restaurant by here very close, and it is very close to a system of gullies that comes up from the park. And I have walked uh, that park and taken pictures of the gully. But they've, in in recent uh, year, I'd say over the past year, they've done a lot of work to that gully and backfilled it and tried to channel it and make it make it more um, hospitable for the kids that came and and play on the property. You know, for the park. That's their that's their town ballpark, and they also have uh, they've put in rides and um, things for the kids to do there. But it's very close to a very brushy area, and I believe that brushy area there south of of the park is the way that they're coming in. Yeah, they use that concealment. They can be completely completely concealed there. Yes. I know and then the houses there along that gully, they have they keep animals tethered and stuff in the past, and I noticed they don't keep their animals tethered out back anymore. Oh no, that's interesting. I'm sure everyone yeah, has questions. People that have the goat to you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. <laughs> I'm wound up. <laughs> <laughs> All right, everyone, Forrest, everybody, I know there's questions out there. I can hear them. <laughs> <laughs> Is everyone on mute? I don't know. No. Well, I was. Oh. <laughs> I had to take it off. I, I, does, does this sound familiar, Tom and Will? Very much so. I was, it does. I was texting Here. Tom. I said, you know, I, it, right in the very beginning, Carol, I think in the first five minutes we were talking, I, I could tick off in my mind at least three other cases where we had exactly the same kinds of things happening. Oh, my well, I've I've learned these things by school of the hard knocks, and I don't recommend anybody go there. The diploma stinks. <laughs> I, I'm telling you, I'm laughing, but I, I've got a cousin that's seen one of these things when he was uh, going to uh, school down closer to the Ozarks, and he saw one of these things crossing the road at night. And uh, he, he doesn't laugh at me, so I have a confidant there that I can share with. Uh, but uh, I tell you what, uh, some of the things that I hear on, on some, some programs just absolutely floors me. And I, I've got to laugh because I listen to other, other stories that people share because, you know, I oftentimes can relate. And I can think to myself, uh, I'll hear someone say something and I'll think, uh, not in my experience. It's not that way in my experience. <laughs> like one time I heard a guy sharing that he and he I, he probably meant well he said that he saved up all of his dirty socks and took clothespins and went around the yard and put his dirty socks on the, every bush and every tree 
So that it, and, and and I thought, why? And he goes, because that'll keep them away. And I'm like, no, it won't. <laughs> well, you know, in, you. in, prin- in principle, he's he's got the right idea, but you need something stronger than their smell, and that's why yeah. that's why you know we use bleach. And we're thinking we're talking about sulfur also. You know, we need to kind of okay. test okay. it and check the smell, see how strong it is compared to bleach. Okay. Okay, well, I'll tell you what, I'm not afraid to use it. <laughs> I will do what I need to do, but this time maybe not spray it in my house. I just, I get sick of them hitting, they slap the, right. um, you know, I sent you some pictures, they they slap, and I finally figured it out, um, I think I figured it out, in, the, in this, <laughs> I call it a game, is <laughs> it's a deadly game maybe, but um, it it is... Uh, where they where they hitting the house at? Okay, that's right next to where the toilet stool is in the house. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I thought, well, I I try to keep my toilet stool clean. <laughs> I I I surely my house doesn't smell that bad, you know. <laughs> but anyway, they they must have a pretty good sense of smell. And I was thinking about it. How do they know that's right outside of the toilet? And of course, I was. Please thinking, continue to hold. Uh-oh. I, I, I don't thinking, know what that was. <laughs> I don't know because I'm not I'm not trying to buy anything over the, online or anything. <laughs> I don't know what it is. Um, but um, these things come up, from what I can understand, they're crawling that gully, and they're, they're able to I, – I really, honestly, in my heart of hearts, I think that they check out the ball field in summer when people sit in there and they, practice, they have all the school uh, ball practices and everything on that field, and people eat. Someone's always walking across the street to the restaurant and getting food and eating, and, and it's always – the scent is there. And I think that they go and check out underneath the bleachers and underneath the picnic tables for scraps of food that might be there. A lot of creatures will do that. Sure, wherever There's trash nothing is. Too remarkable. Yeah. yeah, not nothing too remarkable about that. But um, they keep having their uh, trash getting scattered all over the place over there. And it scares the water out of me to know that they went as close to the brush back there around that gully, and they put all the shiny new uh, equipment for little kids, you know, the little baby swings and the whole nine yards, and they got them right there. I mean, a stone's throw away from all of this um, grown-up. You can't see through it. I mean, it's an impenetrable tangle of briars and and um, brush and trees. And um, I just... I have a hunch that that may be one of the ways they're coming into town. I think they check the grease traps at the restaurant. And then um, the way that they seem to be coming to the house here, because I'm telling you what, you all would be proud of me. I've got this yard looking like somebody used a skull shaver on it. <laughs> it I've nowhere for them to hide. It, it makes a difference. <laughs> hey, I got a, care, I got a question for you. Intention. I got a question for you. Yeah, I, go ahead. I couldn't remember. The lady who had, who saw the, when she woke up and saw the creature eating her own intestines, how was it that she got away from that creature? I couldn't remember. Yes, uh, she had already talked to the neighbor. There was a person that bought the property on the corner, a man that she knew from a previous place she had lived, and he had a big dog. And uh, he had already made a agreement with her that he would come down that day and, 
as I said, she was growing her all around her house. She had every bit of the property. She got like 20 something acres there. And everything that was visible from the road was in blue stem. And then she had a little garden area there. She had a dog run, but she could never keep a dog. She always kept a big, mean dog in there. <clears throat> Very, she'd come home with the meanest, ugliest dogs you ever saw in your life, and she couldn't keep them. She kept saying that they wouldn't bark or something killed one of them. Every, every time I turned around, she, couldn't, she just couldn't keep a dog there. And uh, her, dog run, her dog run was next to the driveway, and then she had a shed and a garden patch and the uh, next fence to this man's property, her friend's property, was south of her. And, but that fence that divided their property was directly in line with my front door. Okay? That is where she got attacked. And the way that she survived it was she told me that she came to while she was on the ground and this thing was hunched over her and it was chewing a mouthful of it had an intestine hanging out of its mouth and it was chewing an inte- her intestine and then she passed out again uh, she said it was hanging out of its mouth she said it turned its face toward her and she said she had no idea still has no idea what that was she said it had kind of a kind of a sloped head no muzzle sticking out. She said it was absolutely enormous. And um, this man was supposed to come and, and talk with her. I don't know what about, it, private. But he was supposed to come, and he opened the door, and he, he told me that his dog took off like a streak. And um, he couldn't keep up with her. Uh, she had ways to she was familiar with the property and she had ways to get uh through the the horse pen because he kept a couple horses um she the dog the dog got there before he did and when he got there he found her in that condition and called for help and that was how she survived that she was in the hospital for some time um she told me and maybe i shouldn't be telling this but i'm i feel like people's safety is the main concern would never share who she is, et cetera. All of that is confidential with me, but I'm here to tell you that when she showed me what she was left with, uh, she doesn't have a navel. I mean, something just gutted her like a fish started up between her ribs and just went all the way down. And of course there was a lot of, you know, side scarring and, and stuff like this. But I'm telling you, that woman would have died if she had not already had it arranged for him to come walking over and talk with her. She wouldn't have survived that. That's just, I just, that's, that's a God thing to me that she even survived it. I don't know. I don't know where I was that day. I didn't see it happen. This was before we had our minds made up to move. My mother didn't want to have to move everything and i understand that and in her condition she it really was more than she could bear to even think about but i think at the very last she just liked being at work it was comfortable to her and um you know she really wasn't thinking straight at the very last um i kind of 
brought the subject up a few times because I kept saying, Mom, this is not safe. What if something happens to one of us? And I was ma- mainly mainly thinking, if one of us is going to be out here alone. Um, and she didn't, she didn't, you know, flinch at it. After she got her retirement pay, she said, we're, we're out of here. But then I couldn't move with her because of my situation getting disability. You can't just up and move. You have to you have to sell your property. The government has to know all about it. They have to approve how much you sell it for. And I was thinking it, you know, wild thoughts like, oh, my God, I'm going to die out here. Um, something's going to realize that it's strong enough to break through. And... You know, it was already to the point where I couldn't keep I couldn't keep the water pipes and the heat and the electricity. It was going to cost me. I got one estimate of around five thousand dollars, and that wouldn't even cover the. Uh, we needed a new septic slough and all of that stuff. And not only that, but I know you all understand. For me to be out there alone trying to cut that yard, and I really didn't have the wherewithal or the equipment to do the job. Uh, I was just keeping a little area around the mobile home cleared off, and that meant they had the whole thing to themselves. I would smell carcasses. You know, I'd get a ride into town to go to an appointment or something, and they would drop me off, and I would I would smell carcasses. There would be, uh, you know, uh, vultures sitting on the top of the trailer or and, and around. Um that was because they kept carcasses back there all the time to feed on the carcasses. And then my my neighbor, even after what happened to her, she just couldn't get her head around it. She asked me, well, why don't you go back there and see what carcass it is? And I said, are you kidding? Are you kidding? One time she called me because naturally she was afraid after this happened to her. But she, they told her at the hospital it was a very big dog. And I, her description, it just doesn't all match up. Um, she said that she saw something come out of the woods there on my, my property line was in front of her house. My, that would be my, uh, former property line to my North was in front of her house and she could look out. And she said in the very, very early morning, she used to sit on her, uh, front porch and look out, you know, she, her property was higher ground she would look out across my property and she began to see things. And she told me, she said, what are you keeping back there? I said, I've got nothing. She said, what kind of an animal? And I said, I don't have anything. She said, big and black. And I said, no, honey, I don't have any animals. When we first moved there, the the man that had lived there before, he was really eager to get out and he didn't take his two of his horses with him. Um, and one of those horses, we found that horse on its back, um, like I said, kind of like she was, flayed open and something had eaten its organs. Uh, I always thought it was weird that nothing else came to feed on the on the carcass of that. Uh, but, I mean, that was when we first, before we really fully moved in there, we were still living in Kansas City, and we'd come down on the weekends and try to mow and so forth like this. So, um I I tried to put in I tried to put in you know implement all the things that that I found out um, and and your suggestions helped a lot. I first thing I did as soon as I got mom settled, 
I uh, called the power company and I had them come out and put a pole light, which is probably between 10 and 12 feet from the mobile home. So it lit the inside of the mobile home up at night so that it it actually helped me. I didn't have uh, my power restored yet. You know, you know how it is, $400 for getting the cable reconnected, $300 to dig the thing up to prove that there's power there in the first place, on and on. It cost me over $3,000 to have some trees cut out, but I wanted all of that cut away from the home. I didn't want places where they could hide. Um, you can still go there today. I was showing my nephew. You can still look out there, and there are places in the fence where the young female um, drags her foot when she walks. She drags the left foot still. And she just stomped down the fencing instead of stepping over it. She just stomped down the fencing so she could pass. I mean, it looks like a water buffalo came through there. Um, so I don't have anything else to blame that on. I mean, he asked me about hunting deer out there, and I told him and my brother. My brother has seen these creatures in Arkansas where he lives. My brother uh, told me. He said, as soon as I get out my pistol or whatever, they'll, they'll run. And I said, don't bank on it. Don't bank on it. I said, you would need an elephant gun, whatever that looks like. You would need that. You, wouldn't, you would really need to know what you're doing. He goes, well, you know, I'm, I'm, a, I'm an ex-Marine. And I said, yeah, I understand that, Dan, but, but please don't, don't even entertain trying to come out here in the dark and do what you need to do to hunt. I know you think you, think you know the woods, and you do. You do, and I, I know that you do. But for the love of Mike, don't go out there. Don't do this yet. So... They've not gotten very far on it. Their next plan is uh, they've bought a tractor and they plan to just take all the brush and trees out of the two pastures. And they might get that done successfully. I don't know how that could go. But I know what happened when the tree crew came out. Uh, when I hired the tree crew to come, uh, I had some saplings growing up against the house and stuff. And they really, uh, when I say house, mobile home, um, those things needed to go. And so um, I had cut what I could, you know, and there's just more there than what I could handle. So I thought, well, I'm just going to go ahead and and bite the bullet and, and pay for this and have it done, have it, have it cleared out. They'll get rid of it for me and it will be, it will be a group of men. So they assured me it was a group of men that would come out. And uh, I had uh, my, I, I was working with a realtor at the time. I asked the realtor, would you come and uh, um, pick me up early, really super early, so I can sign some documents for you? And she said, um, yes. Well, it was a little bit later when she came to get me, and uh, unbeknownst to me, the crew came out to do the tree job. This was January of uh, 21, when this happened, it was a beautiful day. I mean, shirt sleeve weather, which is unusual for Missouri, but um, they called me, and the guy was, he acted a little bit shook up, and he said, you're not, you're not at home. And he said, we're just about ready to wrap this up. And I said, oh, my. I said, I'm in town. I came into town to run off some documents and to sign some things, and I'm with the realtor in town. 
So they, they knew the person. They said, okay. And uh, she said, well, I'll take you as soon as I get my call. I'm waiting on a call. So then that kind of delayed things. Well, when we got out there, it was she and I. We pulled up outside of my uh, mobile home. Everybody that came there to work on it, these men were standing in my neighbor's driveway across the road. And they were all over there facing the back of my property and uh, kind of standing off by where my old driveway was on the, on the like, uh, be to the north end of the mobile home. They were all looking that way. And uh, two of them came up to me very excitedly and said, don't get out of the car, don't get out of the car like this. And I said, what's the matter? I recognized them as the owners. And I said, um, it looks really nice, fellas. I can tell you that you've been busy. I said, I, I'm sorry I was gone like that. They said, no, just talk to us here. And then they realized I was with the other person. And they said, well, we can't say what we have to say in front of her. So I thought, well, why not? And in the first place, I, I've already told my real estate state agent to have me with her anytime she came out there because you know she didn't I don't think she quite believed me but she knew I wasn't a liar she couldn't figure out what I was seeing but I told her I said anytime you come to show somebody have me with you I want to be with you when you if you if you decide you're going to walk them around I want to be there I don't want anything to happen so um she she uh, waited in the car. They took me around to the back of the property there on the south end. I said, what's the matter? I mean, their faces were. One guy looked like he'd hit the lottery. He was so excited. I mean, he was beside himself. He he just was like he had seen, you know, the ocean parted or something. Uh, the other guy, he was pale, and he looked like he was about to throw up. And I said, what, what happened? And... Uh, this one said, you didn't, you didn't tell us. And I said, well, tell you what? And he said, something is out here in the brush, and uh, it's huge. And the other guy said, the excited one said, yeah, and it's not a bear. And I said, uh, have you had a, a problem? And I said, have we had a problem? We got busy going when we got the chippers going and everything. Uh, this thing just let loose. Uh, I said, "Did any, is anyone hurt? And they said, no. The guy that looked like he was going to throw up, he said, I saw it first. He said, it was, I said, how many? And they went, how many? I said, how, how, many, how many animals did you see? And he said, oh, you know what this is? And the other guy said, well, yeah, you know, you see programs about that, but I never thought I'd see one. And I said, well, uh, did you see one? And they went, well, is there more than one? And I said, I'm sorry that you had problems. I, I really am. I'm upset about it. I, I wouldn't have asked you to do, but I figured being several men, you said you had a crew. They said, yeah, we, we got out of here. The thing began to have a fit and break limbs and stuff like that. So we, we, uh, we got it. We pulled our guys out. They were pretty excited. And uh, I went back to the car and uh, to get my purse to get the check. And uh, they said, uh, don't say anything in front of her. And I said, no. I said, you know her. Oh, yeah, we know her. And I said, well, she knows my problem. She does. And I said, yeah, she's known for some time. And they said, oh, man. And um, I was hoping I reached out to them the other day. I was hoping that they might 
contact you, and they may they may yet. I don't know. Um, uh, my my nephew and my brother joint own. My nephew bought the property, but my brother joint owns it with him. And uh, my brother knows they're real, but he he has a Native American friend and. They've put their heads together and they've decided these are spirit, spiritual creatures and that they can vanish and disappear and that that they're not physical, that they can't really hurt you. And I told my brother and I said, I'm sorry, I'm going to tell you the truth. That's not completely, I'm sorry, I'm not going to discount what he believes. I He's entitled to what he believes. But these people that want to tell you that they just want to communicate with you. I'm sorry, but you're wrong. You're absolutely wrong. I don't know if all of them are, are as aggressive as these have become. Uh, you know, I can't speak to that. I don't know. But when I hear someone say that they pray to these beings, or I hear someone say that they, uh, they fly through outer space. Okay, okay. Everyone's entitled to their take on this. And no, I don't know what these things are, but they're definitely flesh and blood that eat everything in sight. And I do not doubt that in the right situation, I've heard that they don't attack people, but I'm here to, to say that I know of at least two that have... One has disappeared with no explanation after having problems with these creatures, and the other one almost died from it, got her intestines chewed up. I mean, they patched her up what was left. I don't want to take a chance. I I don't want to be a fool sitting out in the woods playing the pipe and offering up food to these things. I've, I've tried to do everything I can to make it inhospitable for those things to come around. I don't, I don't want them to come around. I don't, I don't need their, uh, <laughs> I don't need all of this drama. I'd like to have, I'd like to re- live out the rest of my life with a lot less, uh, <laughs> stress in that department. I mean, yeah, it's, uh, it's not a, that's like living with, that's like living with grizzly bears on your it, property. Yeah. It's not you know? a good situation. Um, we're running a little short of time. Everyone, you got any comment or questions for Carol or comments or anything? We we got a little time for that, but uh, you know, now's your chance if you want to dive in there. I'm going to jump in, Carol. Thank you so much. This is a fascinating update. Some of the backstory uh, stuff we haven't heard before and the new stuff. So keep us updated. Stay in touch, and uh, I'm sure you will. And don't become a stranger. Okay, I, I appreciate that, Tom. I really do. Forrest, D.W.? I, I do. Chuck? Oh, sorry. No. Well, I just, I have, you guys know why I'm a, a, I'm very sympathetic towards the situation because, uh, Carol, I'll tell you what, I'm <laughs> uh, kind of going through the same situation, and Tom was even on the phone with me uh, what night was it, Tom? Thursday? Was it Thursday night, Jessica? Yeah, Thursday yeah I think night. it was. Yeah, and, crazy. And it, it, he, he was, he was listening to all of it, and um, so they got me alarms, and I put on my door, and uh, I won't get into that, and 
uh, and and interrupt your story, but uh, uh, it, it's just the whole thing has just become very peculiar. And I don't know what the fascination uh, they're trying to get in my house now. So why mm-hmm. we, we're we don't know why. So mm-hmm. um, I don't understand. So it's oh, weird. Right. Well, you know, Forrest, I gave up cooking completely the last couple of years that I was there. I gave up cooking completely because I felt anything that I was doing with food, I I would even wrap up, um, you know, I was eating out of cans and eating uh, shelf-stable food. I kept shelf-stable uh, stable food there for myself, uh, um, you know, such as, you know, boxed milk and crackers and things like this. And I was absolutely terrified to even cook out there. The idea of someone getting together and going out there and having a weenie roast out, you know, a bunch of young people or something, that absolutely terrifies me for them. Well, I haven't quit cooking, but uh, I'm not so sure that there's plenty of food and wildlife around here for them to eat. I'm, mm-hmm. I, I am not totally convinced that that's, <clears throat> that that's their motive, motive. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know what? I, Tom and I discussed this the other night. It's not really, we're not really sure what the motive is. It's just, it's, mm-hmm. um, it's peculiar. But I, I did want to say that it, um, the fact that something might have been feeding on that woman while she was alive. Now that is a very chimpanzee thing. Um, they, they, uh, hunt and we've discussed this before. They hunt. And they will literally start ripping things apart while it's still alive. They don't kill it and then start mm-hmm. eating it. They just start ripping things apart. And uh, that's exactly, that is that is very atypical mm-hmm. chimpanzee behavior. Mm-hmm. And I have said over and over and over, these things act way too much like chimps. And they're almost like a combination of chimpanzee and human behavior. Mm, that's what I've thought before. I didn't study it like you have, but um, it it has occurred to me before that that's kind of that's kind of where I'm at on my thinking too. Because I don't I just, I can't put them in any other category. The way that they look and the way that they walk and behave. When when people try to tell me, oh, you saw a bear, there is you know there is no comparison. I mean, these things are they have absolute glide. When they walk, it's not lumbering along like a bear it, at all. I mean, they outscale us on the uh, mobility factor completely. Um, they can move faster. They take longer steps. When, they, when people tell me, oh, you probably saw somebody come, come out there and probably walked in some Bigfoot uh, shoes. And, and No, there is no way a human being can, can walk and have that much distance between each foot in the snow there is no way in the world i've got cousins that are very very tall that could have been basketball players they can't do it it's it's just i it's a real head scratcher i I don't know forrest have they been peeing on your car have they ever done that not that i've noticed no Uh uh-uh i'm not i've not had any type of that type of behavior around here it's just Mm -hmm. uh it just seems to have lately kind of ramped up. Uh, and like I said, Tom was literally on the phone the other night with me when, and we weren't, we were just chatting. I mean, it wasn't like we were having a Bigfoot discussion or anything when right. all of a sudden the alarm, alarm goes off. And the one thing that I did was I, I, you know, 
Tom, I was <laughs> I got my my uh, notebook out and I've been keeping track of the times. And you know what I found out too? It was the it was being consistent every freaking night about the yeah, same time. And mm-hmm. that was what was so peculiar. And uh, the the high strangeness. Now, last night when we had God happened, what happened here, we had a horrible storm come through here. I had softball size hail. I've got a lot of mm-hmm. damage and stuff here. And that's why well, I've been talking. I got I got really upset. My property. I got it, it's it's. We, I got a lot of damage. So uh, that's mm-hmm. something I didn't need. But uh, anyway. Um, as far as I can tell, my animals are safe, so that's all that matters. But uh, um, mm-hmm. we di- I didn't have anything happen last night, so that didn't surprise me because I would have imagined that even they would have hunkered down with softball-sized hail. Mm-hmm. So, you know, and I for mean, us, if it had conked them on the head, it couldn't have happened to a nicer group of creatures. Uh, this, is, this is true. <laughs> I mean, I hope every one of them got conked on the head real good and hard. <laughs> My fault exactly. <clears throat> well, I so. tell you what, these these things it's it's puzzling. I'm right there with you. I am puzzled. I mean, what are they what is it? I'll just say it. Maybe it's the same one that's coming again and again. I don't know. But to be that nervy to come into town with people living all around me, I would have never in a million years thought. Uh, it's not very far for them to go. I mean, when you stop and think about how far a bobcat goes in its range or any other wild creature, I mean, they, they can travel for miles and miles on their uh, territory. So, you know, I've met with, uh, you know, over, over the years I've tried to talk a few times with uh, friends and individuals I know that live around, and I always it always comes back to this same thing. Well, you've got five acres. Why would a whole family of the things live on five acres? Well, it's not like they're tethered to the spot. You know, I imagine it's that way with your property. They're coming and they're going and they're they're comfortable there. For some reason, they're frequenting they're frequenting that. So I don't yeah, know. Yeah, I mean, they're they're quite obvious. They're they're comfortable here, and I mean. Um, uh, and I don't know why, but I mean, they've been here forever. I mean, it's not like it's, uh, uh, something that's just started happening here in the last, uh, <laughs> short period of time. I mean, my right. grandfather told me about them being here. And, uh, so, I mean, that, there's I a long standing history of them being here. So, um, mm-hmm. I guess that, you know, they just, I don't know what, maybe they think this is their land and I'm the encroacher. I don't know. So, uh, you know, but the, I'm, I don't easily scare. So, uh, although mm-hmm. the other night I was getting, a, and Tom can tell you, I was getting a little upset. And then when the coyotes, the, the it sounded like our, uh, oh my gosh. <laughs> oh my, uh, yeah. Yeah, they didn't sound like coyotes. I, I even heard them. They didn't the sound time. like coyotes. I, and, and, and on that was, the, oh, I remember what we were talking about. It was the, uh, uh, I told, when I, uh, the vibration that I was feeling, and then mm-hmm. Jessica and uh, and we were t- Tom and I were talking about that, and I had even told Jessica when she was standing in here, and she felt it too. And I said, I wonder if we're getting zapped, and <laughs> and that was funny because we had gone out. Finally, after all this, we'd gone outside, and 
she had her 45 in hand, and I have my 357 in hand, and our spotlights, and we're out there, and, and then I'm holding the phone, too, talking to uh, Tom, and we came back, and we were uh, she was standing on the porch, I was sitting on the porch, and that's when I, I, I told Tom, and I said, and and I said, and Jessica, what did I tell you? I said, what did I say? Are we being, and I mean, I didn't even get the word zapped out of my mouth when the coyotes started, and it sounded, you know what? Didn't it sound like they were like three or four hundred pound coyotes? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> huge! Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we were all nine hundred pound coyotes. That, you know, so they sounded oh like gosh. coyotes, but then they didn't sound like coyotes, and it was just like, mm-hmm. and it sounded like they were just across the the street, and I'm, I mean, across mm-hmm. the road, and I'm, just, mm-hmm. and we were just all kind of going, oh, oh, okay, this is just too weird, and even Tom's hearing them. So, I mean, it, 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 you know, sometimes the ones out here, they sound like owls. And we have the, um, you know, we have the barred owl. And mm-hmm. uh, it, it just does the who cooks for you, who cooks for you all call. And this oh, is yeah. like, <laughs> this <clears throat> is like, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> when they do it, it, they don't do a good imitation, I'm telling you. Um, well, but, I, I haven't know, heard. I don't have any eight hundred pound owls around her. I haven't heard any of those. But uh, I mean, that, that really that that was spooky the other night. <laughs> Even Tom thought so with the, the coyotes. You you got more nerve than I do because I've we had policy, never go outside in the dark for anything. I mean, they could have moved a mobile home off of its uh, off of its. Um, <laughs> you know what I'm saying. Well, I, they hit it. Yeah, hit it my, so my my back my backyard back here is all lit up because I got two pole lights out there, so it it is well lit. But uh, and then the other end of the, the the trailer, I have motion lights on, so uh, the motion the motion light didn't come on that night. But it was mm-hmm. just it it was it was a very peculiar situation. And since I've had the mm-hmm. alarm on the door, you know, and I even said this to to Tom, and I might have said it to you. Well, I think I did say it to you, Will. I think that what I didn't was not aware is I think they've been testing that door for a long time. And what really got them was when that alarm went off. And mm-hmm. and we actually, Jessica, actually, when she installed those alarms that you guys sent me, and I just want to tell David, thank you, thank you, thank you, uh, that she bumped that door, hip bumped it, and then actually uh, hit it pretty hard that doesn't set the alarm off. You actually have to turn and fiddle with the handle. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. She, well, I don't know if you can hear her in the background. She said that to just hit check it, you know, uh, it does It does not set it off. She, you actually have to, to seriously hit the door uh, to get mm-hmm. it, the alarm to set off. But if you turn mm-hmm. that handle just ever so slightly, uh, jiggle it. Oh, oh, oh my goodness! <laughs> David's going to be sending. Some, David's going to be sending some more stuff to both you too. By the way, I really appreciate. Now I've got the ones um, that he sent me. The little alarms. I've got them on the uh, front and back door of the house. We had problems with the front door, and we finally, when my brother was here last, and I was telling him the problems I was having. Um, he went ahead and closed the door and we put locking hasps on it. And so I don't even currently, I'm not even using that door. It's an, an older wooden door 
I just, uh, you know, there is more. I'm not as I'm not as afraid of them trying something with that door. They, it seems like it's the back door because that's the darker part of the yard at the back, and the part that I use is at the back. But that I found out that they were reaching through the railing or over the railing of the deck, and um, they were able to reach the doorknob and play with the door from just standing there next to the air conditioner. They just they don't even have to step up on the deck. They just reach over, and their arms are long enough, I guess. They're able to move the jiggle the doorknob, and that did set the alarm off uh, back in February. They had the alarm come off, you know, go off in the night. And, um, you know, they they went from looking in, since that happened, I'm kind of putting two and two together. Since that alarm went off, they've, they've given up looking in the laundry room because they used to stand next to the uh, air conditioner, uh, which the deck, the back door, and the air conditioner and the laundry room are all together on the back of the house. Well, they used to stand there and look in the laundry room window at night. And that really, which my mother became aware of, and that really scared her, that really freaked her out. So um, I just put heavy curtains and put um, uh, another kind of blind, a blind she could close better on, on that part of the house. But it's sad to move into a house and, you know, people people come over and say, wow, when are you going to, finish your windows when you're gonna you know you could just as nice and sunny you could just take that down and just open the blinds out and open the open the windows out and all that i was going to say before i forget because i'm i'm bad about hopscotching and i realize that i am but something Forrest said made me realize and remember to tell you this (laughs) that they have begun coming here at nine o'clock at night and i had told will this that they, they're changing their game or something, it seems like. that. And again, I say they. I just think it's one. I don't think there's a pack of Bigfoot coming into my little town, but I think one of them is making a visit when it comes through. For whatever reason, it's making making sure that I'm... Okay, here's the thing. Here's the thing. Um, this, this has happened before. This is freaky. Now, you know, tell me what you think of it, because I don't know what to think, but uh when they have been coming into the yard when when i believe and mostly they make the deck stink like crazy and I mean, you can smell you can tell from the smell in the morning when you open the door that's pretty much the giveaway um but uh i started to say earlier too that they uh they slap the house and the house is uh, set up so that the bathroom is by the back door and the off gas to that uh, is a pipe that goes way up clear up to the a roof line and it off gases the sewage uh, right there and they're slapping the house around that and it seems to be there again a, an issue of scent that they don't they don't like the they don't um, want competition or they don't want they want to challenge that scent or something but they've hit the house there often enough to break the vinyl uh to break the vinyl off and i've had to have that put back up there and repaired several times because they hit it in the same spot they can stand on the ground reach up over the deck and hit the wall of the house uh 
near the back door up above where the toilet's at. So, like I said, I think that's from the off-gassing of it. And and like like um, like I told Will, they're coming earlier. They're not waiting till 3 in the morning or 2 in the morning to come. Uh, this is making a visit, and I don't know why, at 9. It's good, good and dark at 9, and there's not a, you know, it's an old neighborhood. It's not terribly well lit. Um, but they, they're changing their game and I don't know, you know, who, who's to say why I, I don't know if maybe they thought that going at three in the morning, never panned out anything that they're trying another time or who's to say, but it's just freaky because we're dealing with something that has a brain and that, you know, at one time I thought they must be pretty stupid, pretty crude these things are these things are sharp uh, i don't have to tell you they're they're sharp they're a whole nother level it's not like getting rid of rats or something i mean this is big enough to do some damage why it just doesn't break the door down and come in i don't know but i'm i'm very grateful that it doesn't but i mean obviously a messing with the door it doesn't seem to take much to startle one or scare it But that's pretty pretty much the situation I'm in, I'm in right now. I'm much better off. I'm I'm in town where they can't get away with much. But I'm, well, historically I'm, speaking, they have uh, there have been many accounts, and Will knows this, of them actually coming into towns and uh, being seen, and even in downtown areas. So I don't think that they're uh, they. <laughs> I don't think that they have a fear of that, uh, maybe a hesitancy to show themselves very often, but I do know that they will come into town. I mean, people have seen them uh, window shopping in, in downtown areas. I know uh, a, a gentleman that I had sold a horse to up in Arkansas that he, he was kind of teasing me when I got there. He said, I know how you like Bigfoot. He said, you should have been here, you know, <laughs> the day before, because I guess the, the night before or, or, or the uh, two nights before it would have been that uh, they'd actually had one walking downtown and it looked like it was window shopping because it was looking in the windows of uh, and this wasn't a big town I mean it was a, just a small town mm-hmm. so you know with the long right. uh, you know main street and stuff like that and it was just mm-hmm. stargazing in the the, the uh, you know mm-hmm. <laughs> well TW Chuck what do you guys have Well, uh, to me, fascinating and terrifying counters that you've had, Carol, and uh, my heart goes out for you for, for all the things that you've had to deal with. And, uh, you know, uh, the best thing to do is always keep your head on a swivel, I guess. And, and uh, you know, I, that's, that's a tough situation that you're in, and, and my heart goes out to you for that. I mean, it's that's not not a cool way to live at all it's I, I appreciate your thoughts and i i tell you what i've got a friend that uh has been going to church we live near a little community that is uh, even small a smaller town and it's got a lot more uh farm fields and and wooded hills and stuff it's it's very hilly area 
And uh, I, I began to hear through the grapevine from um, people that I know personally that had one woman was going to church one morning, and uh, she didn't go for the Sunday school time. She said she went for later for the, the 10 o'clock. And she passed by uh, a friend's uh, field. He had uh, the big round bales of hay. And she said she saw one rise up from behind the bale of hay. It was watching the highway. And it turned and walked back into the woods. She said she got a a good look at it. Um, It's also been, some of them have been into her trash as well, you know, where she lives. Um, There's a it's a, a group situation where she has no control what other people are doing with their trash. And uh, I told her that I felt that it was probably the trash that is bringing them in there. But, um, you know, I don't, I can't explain all of it. <laughs> I can't explain all of it as to why, you know, and I, I was telling Will the other day, I said, I, uh, I had uh at one time, been uh, when I lived out on the five acres, you know, you wouldn't even see two cars all day long. And there were people that have lived out in this area that have told me that they didn't even know about that area because they, I don't know, they just move in their own little, you know, in their own circles and, you know, plow their own ground and whatever. But uh, I've talked to people who um, have have actually said to me, when I first got there and I got to know people, they said, have you ever seen anything strange? And, of course, I hadn't seen one yet. I said, I know. I, I hear a lot of howls. And I had one neighbor there that she's now deceased. Her and her husband had a problem with these things. Uh, she called them the gorillas. And she didn't know what they were. And I guess different ones she had tried to get help for it had laughed at her and you know she was very thin-skinned about the subject um i as time goes on i'm i'm finding out more and more that there are other people in this area that and i'd be interested to know how many other people in this area have had this problem um i'll bet quite a few i know uh the the group and i've got a friend that lives over in another little town closer to Warrensburg, and I've gone over there uh, with her family. I'm telling you what, the the group that my mom and I uh, were headed over to her house um, early one evening, and uh, uh, a company had purchased a lot of land over in that area, and you talk about brushy draws. When we first got to know that family, and we would drive over there and we'd drive through that area, we both look at each other and go, this is really squatchy because it looked like the kind of place they would, they would call home because it plenty of, uh, steep drainages and, uh, really, really rough, uh, rocky with a lot of, uh, old growth trees and, uh, just very brushy. And we went by there, uh, my mom, when my mom was living, this was like 2019, we went by there and, and I am not, I'm not making this up. There on the hillside, on mom's side, on the driver's side, she happened to look up 
because we noticed that trees had been cleared and trees were being felled. And there on a large uh, log at the, at the breast of the hill, there sat the black male and the red female. And uh, my mom said she saw a younger one too, but I, I didn't look in time to see the, the little one. But they were all three sitting just looking down on the road. They were sitting up high there, looking down on the road, and the description of what she saw matched what I saw. And believe me, we didn't we didn't pause. We just kept driving. We didn't want to stop and and look at that. But um, I think that that's probably the same group that that we're having trouble out of. And then I've been in touch with a man that is out by the orchards, out by the river. And uh, I I got a call from a paramedic that told me that he had had a few hair-raising stories when he was going to school there at Warrensburg. This is the worst thing I, I can think of to relate. They have what they call a body area that they train people with whenever they're going into... Um, forensic work and they're being trained with that sort of thing uh they occasionally have people who are you know that don't have an identity that are found dead um and they sometimes use uh bodies that are not claimed to do their forensics uh sciences with and to uh, to take people into the field and to do study work. And this was part of this uh, friend of mine, this was part of his study work, was uh, originally he intended to go into forensics. He said that they had some pretty weird stories out there that they had hidden uh, a body in the trunk of a car um, because, um, you know, in that kind of work, you your job is to learn what you can about uh, the formation of larvae on a body. I don't know. I'm, I'm aware that I'm being gross here. I'm trying to be, I'm trying to be uh, as nice about it as I know how, but they, they will uh, put flesh out in different circumstances, uh, sink it underwater, um, put it out in the open or into the trunk of a car, maybe sink the car, maybe not. And this helps them to understand the decay that takes place, and it it ends up helping with um, people that are uh, bodies that are found. Uh, it helps them unravel the mystery of what happened to the person. So it's a very valuable, very important line of work. And I'm not I'm not trying to just make this a, a tawdry story to tell. But what he was saying is that sometimes they would come back and there wouldn't be anybody to find that they had um, some of his uh, friends that were in the class with him had uh, been there and had noted, you know, you have to, everything that they do, they write, they take meticulous notes and photographs and so forth in their study. And they're graded on their ability to uh, ferret out what happened to the body and, and how it decayed, how long it'd been there they find out so much information from that. Well, they came back to get the body out of the trunk of the car where they had hidden it. And the trunk of the car was peeled back. 
and the body was missing. Um, I told him that it sounded to me, since he related that there weren't any tool marks or anything like that, that the trunk had been peeled back. And, of course, they used junk cars for all of this sort of thing. I realized that, too. But it just made me wonder if these things were hungry, and they were, God help me to even say this or think it, but if they were in a situation where they had the opportunity, where bodies were constantly being planted on a property, and this property, I know where it's located, it's extremely rugged, and there, no one lives around there. But it just, it crossed my mind, oh my gosh, what if it got used to the taste of human flesh? And, you know, I don't allow my mind to go there very often, but it has crossed my mind because now that I'm seeing these patterns and I'm seeing that it won't, they, it's like it doesn't, at least one of them doesn't want to let go. And you would think that it would, it would be wasting its time. It's, I don't know what the payoff is with a human being. When they do things, you can kind of, you could kind of think in the back of your mind, what is the payoff? You know, if this were a person that were stalking me, you would you would think to yourself, well, they got a mental illness, or uh, you know, you'd go, you know, you'd tick off the the known causes, or you know, what had I done or said to make this person angry or whatever. In this case, I have no idea, other than just live my life and have the misfortune of moving onto a piece of property that was already occupied by these beings. Um. I tell you what, it it gives a lot of pause. It gives a lot to think about. <laughs> T.W., what are your thoughts? Yeah. <laughs> oh, go ahead, Karen. I'm sorry. So, I was just going to say that what she was talking about is what's called a body form, and they actually have several of those all across the United States, and uh, that's where your forensic anthropologist, uh, uh, anthropologists that are going to go in specifically into forensics uh, they do go out there, and they do. They place bodies in all different types of uh, uh, situations, and a lot of it is, uh, you know, um, you know, bodies that. Uh, um, well, actually, most of them are actually donated. You know, uh, people actually donate their bodies to go out there and uh, have them placed in those situations, and uh, it's it's quite it's quite unique. But they're also usually. Uh, quite, uh, I mean, they're not easily accessible. I mean, they have high fences around. They don't need people coming in there and messing with stuff. And uh, so, and they're right. usually uh, guarded and everything. So, because schools use them, you know, they're used for, uh, this is for uh, knowledge, people to gain knowledge on, uh, and you were entirely correct, on larva formation and, and then how decomp progresses on bodies and uh, the stages of decomp. So, uh, you know, they go out there on a daily basis and study those things so that they can uh, see how the progression of decomp occurs on on deceased uh, individuals. So uh, that's all I had to say on that. And that's extremely interesting. But, um, you know, I've never and I, I will say something here and I, I could be entirely out in the left field here, but I have never bought into the idea of um, that animals uh, like tigers, um lions and bears and all that sort of stuff uh, 
feed on humans because they just particularly have a, a liking for our taste. I could be entirely incorrect on that assumption, uh, but mm-hmm. I think that what they look at us as is a easy, I think they see us as easy prey. I know people like to think that uh, we're the top of the food chain, that we're, mm-hmm. uh, you know, <laughs> the... Well, we were, but we don't act that way anymore. <laughs> we, we don't, no. And mm-hmm. I, I think that I think that most a, a lot of predators now, and I, not just uh, we're not just talking about Bigfoot, but a lot of predators see us as uh, you know easy prey. Mm-hmm. I I agree with that, and um, I I think that um, the the idea of being an easy meal is is pretty simple. I mean, these things. Uh, always seem to have a um, a presence on on that property, uh, whether it's one of them up in a tree or um, back in the brush. Um, seems like there was usually one somewhere around, and it almost like almost like uh, people watching. Uh, a television or a play or something. It's almost like I was their entertainment. Uh, I tried to pass it off that, you know, and of course I didn't have very much knowledge at the time. And I put myself in a lot of situations that were very dangerous and didn't realize the things I was doing that, that they were dangerous. Like I started to say before, uh, I had myself one of those camp showers that you put the water in it and it's a dark container and then it's got a hose and you shower yourself off and camp with it. I had an area in the near the backyard that was convenient that I had a lot of trees and I could, you know, when I got through working if I was dirty, I could I could shower myself off there and and now the whole idea that I was there alone uh in the vul- vulnerable like that uh just just freaks me out that I ever did that. At the time, I wasn't really afraid. I knew that something was around, but I mean you have no idea how many there really are, and I, I completely buy into the idea that the, that they're not alone. Uh, very often, I, like I said, there's not a lot there on five acres, obviously, but they found that a very convenient place to. Um, apparently, they still do. Uh, it's convenient. There's a place for them to hide. There's a huge, huge gully there. Um, where the water's redirected, it goes down my north border and across the the back. It's it's that's not the end of my property. I have honestly never set foot beyond that um, beyond that gully very far uh, back in there because it was fenced and cross fenced. And um, I, the first time I laid eyes on it, I couldn't believe it. It was pounded. The ground was pounded like a completely completely flat. And hardly any vegetation growing there, and large large trees all around. And I just, uh, it was like a whole different world back there. And I think that that is the area that they um, that they maintain is their area. The the front part. Can I ask you a question, Carol? Yeah. Do you yeah. know where Current River and Jack's Fork is? Yes. Well, my my daughter, uh, I, I have a daughter that actually lives in Missouri. Uh, I've never been to her ranch. They uh, uh, they they have uh, they run a 150 uh, black Angus 
mama cows up there. And uh, mm-hmm. she just sent me, I sent that to you, Will and Tom, didn't I? That uh, uh, thing that uh, she sent me from, they've been having sightings up at Current River and Jack's Fork. And she found that. And like I said, she's in Missouri, too. So uh, she sent that to me. And I thought that I'd sent it to Will and Tom. Maybe I didn't. Uh, uh, I don't know, Tom, had, Tom had to drop off. He's not feeling well. so, uh, And I don't recall seeing that. Okay, well, I, I'm gonna. I thought that I had sent it to you, but uh, I will get that to you so you can look at it too. So, um, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna have to cut this short, guys. We are out of time. Carol, thanks so much. We really appreciate the updates. Everybody's been asking, so uh, keep us posted. Well, I thank you all. God bless you. I appreciate um, you know in my in my darkest hours when I didn't know uh how this was going to end up and i mean i always always trusted in the lord and stuff but i really appreciate having having uh the help and the the knowledge of of what to do it's pretty unnerving to look out uh look out your window at night and have a bigfoot drinking out of your bird bath i mean it's just yeah (laughs) we're gonna (laughs) we're gonna send you we're gonna send you some more stuff um and, you know, on the positive note with you spraying the bleach around, you know, they did throw a tantrum, but you said they quit urinating on the car as well. Mm-hmm. So that's, I, that's I a wondered, positive step. I I was going to say, uh, if they don't like it, I'm all for it. <laughs> well, to get rid of them, that's what you want. You want them to not like being there. All right, everyone, mm-hmm. we're going to wrap this up. Thanks for sitting in and joining us. Thanks for listening to this episode of Creek Devil. If you or anyone you know has had an encounter with these creatures, please contact us at williamjevning at yahoo.com. That's William, J-E-V-N-I-N-G at yahoo.com. All communication is confidential. Join us for another program next week. And until then, keep your eyes open out there.